my own special treasure from among all the peoples of earth, for all the earth belongs to me. And you'll be my kingdom of priests, my holy nation. This is the message you must give to the people of Israel. So Moses returned from the mountain and called together the elders of the people and told them everything the Lord had said to him. So it was good for Moses. It was also good for Jesus. Matthew chapter 14, verse 22. Just after the feeding of the 5,000, it's a story I'm sure many, many of you have heard. Immediately after the 5,000 men and their families were fed, Jesus insisted that his disciples get back in the boat and cross to the other side of the lake while he sent the people home. After sending them home, he went up into the hills by himself to pray. And night fell while he was there alone. So getting time away is important. Even before I was a pastor, I learned that this was really important for my family. And so Kathy graciously helped me to find time in my schedule, and I would literally go away, pack up a box of food and some supplies and my Bible and a whole lot of empty paper and go and spend time with God. And I can tell you that that time was essential for us as we centered ourselves on what God was doing. This next photo is a picture of a prophetic activation that came about while I was in South Africa last month. One of the pastors that I worked with when I were there, she'd been praying for me before I came and she'd seen me in her dream standing atop this mountain crest declaring the good news of Jesus to the nations. And she said, while you're with us, we must go to that place. And I want you to climb out there on the edge and I want you to stand there. And well, she told me how to stand. She said, this is what I saw in my dream. And she took the photo and shared it. And the point was, getting up on the mountain connects you with what God wants you to release to other people. Really blessed this couple. I'd spoken in their church the day before. They took me on a safari. They had 3,000 hectares of farmlands with um, elephants and giraffes and zebras and, and a few other um, what we wouldn't call normal animals on a farm. But they just hosted me and spent time with me and encouraging me um, while I was with them. Spending time with God allows for Him to give us downloads, to receive as, as, as Moses did, receive instruction. Jesus Himself says, I only do what I see the Father do and say what I hear the Father say, to receive that, he had to have time away. It's really, really important to have time on the mountaintop. I'm grateful to have the space to do that. And I want to share with you today some of the fruit that's come out of that in the most recent times we've had. But I'm also really grateful that this is the extent of what God asks me to do while I'm away. I mean, I'm remembering Isaiah who stripped off all his clothes and wandered around naked for a season. You can read about that in Isaiah 20. That's not going to happen. Now I get an amen, right? What about Jeremiah who hid his underwear in a rock and went back a long time later to find it? That's not happening either, unless the Lord says. I'm grateful all I have to do is climb up there and take a photo. Hosea married a prostitute and had a child with her. Jonah runs away from God, ends up in the belly of a whale before he decides to be obedient. 
I'm grateful. All I have to do is climb a mountain and take a photo. But the important thing is connecting time with God is a time of obedience where we receive what he's got for us to share. And I'm really, really privileged to have the opportunity to do that. And I'm really privileged to have the space to be able to share it with you. When I go away, my team recognize that it's important for me to receive what God's got for me. And they've got different ways of describing that. I think, um, Ashley, what would be one word you'd use to describe how you feel when I come back from being away? A real word? The word she said was nervous. Jamie, you have a different word? Yeah, Jamie gets excited when I come away, when I come back. Kathy, expectant. That wasn't what she told me uh, at home. Eugene, you have a phrase you use. What's that? He says it's like Phil's at 80,000 feet and we've either got to pull him back or we've got to try and get get up to where he is. The point is, it's uncomfortable receiving the revelation from God. But it's important. This photo is of a mountain top on fire. And I love it because it, it shows me visually what I could only imagine by reading Exodus 19. God summons Moses and says, as we read earlier, Prepare the people, have them consecrate themselves for three days and then bring them before me and I will come down upon the mountain in fire. Read the story this afternoon, Exodus chapter 19. And the people do what the Lord says, we are your people, we will obey. And then the fire turns up and they tremble and they say to Moses, no, 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 you go. We'll stay back here. Connecting with God and what he's releasing for us is something that is... Um, Exciting, but uncomfortable. And I say all that to position what I'm about to share with you. Not that there's something earth-shattering coming. Don't get nervous. It's okay. But God is speaking into our midst, and that is what we should get excited about. That's what we should get nervous about. That's what we should be expectant of. That's what we should try and reach for if we're not in the space already to receive it. That's what it means to be the people of God, the purpose of today for you is um, to catch something that God's got for you. Every time I go away, whether it's a mission support trip or a conference of some kind, what I do is I, I write a report on what happened while I was away. And I submit that report to the elders to remain accountable for what I've been blessed to go and do. And I ask them to consider prayerfully what God has said to me, and then we come together and we discuss that for the church. That's what the eldership do. They're called the spiritual leaders of the church. And so today, what I'm going to do is I'm just going to share with you um, the last report I had. There were seven things the Lord said to me to write in this report that are around the spiritual leadership and our focus as spiritual leaders. Seven things, and I'm going to share very briefly on some of them, and I've asked the elders each to share one of, on one of them. So at, in a moment, I'm going to invite um, the first one up and they'll, they'll speak. This, this list is, um, I'll, I'll make available on the podcast um, or you can take a photo of the screen. We're going to go through each of these um, briefly this morning, but just so you get a glimpse of what God's calling us into. We're an apostolic center. That's the first one. What does that mean? Let's have a look at that first one. We're an apostolic center, God says to me. 
which is not surprising because we're an apostolic church. Like the denomination that we come under in an umbrella is called Acts Churches, but it was called the Apostolic Church of New Zealand. Apostolic means, it comes from the word apostolos, which I'm going to actually talk about next week a little bit. But what it means, one, one meaning is to be sent. But look at the other meaning. It's on the screen. It means to train, send, invade, occupy, and transform territories. It's based on the Greek model of conquering another nation is that they would train their people up, send them on the ships to invade the land, occupy the territory through victory, and then transform everyone there into Romans. That's what they did. And that's what we are supposed to do as the people of God. We're supposed to train up here. This is, just, this is just the training ground. And then we're supposed to go out into the world. It's called the Great Commission. And we're supposed to bring God's kingdom and his way of living into that space based on what we've received here. And I like this because this is a mandate for us to disciple people for their purpose in the real world. That's what I love about this. God has declared many years ago that this church, even before I came, that we would be an apostolic training center. Those were the exact words used in the prophecy in 2012. North End Church will be an apostolic training center. We'll train up disciples and send them. So really, we should be obedient to what God is saying. It's very much in line with what we believe. Isaac, can you come? I want you to share on the next one. Isaac, Isaac's one of our elders. Give Isaac a warm welcome. Come on. Awesome. Thank you. I'm really excited to be able to share on uh, going past your nation, pastoral care and shepherding. And um, can I get a quick show of hands? How many of you have been through a time where you have really needed some pastoral care and benefited from having either professional counselling or someone from the leadership team come and help you through a hard time? Yeah, that's a good show of hands here. Now, my next question is, with regards to shepherding and, and growth, how many of you at the moment have a mentor that you, spend, you meet with regularly to help you grow into a role? Cool. Did you see that? We've got about 10, maybe 12 people. I'm excited by that because I think, look at our capacity to grow because when you're stepping into what God's calling you to do, you're going to need a mentor to achieve that. Cool. I just want to share a, a brief about my journey with um, pastoral care and shepherding. So, um, Jenny and I have been through a rough patch. The last couple of years have been very difficult for us, and um, quite a few areas. And we, we've really benefited from from counselling, from sozos, from having the team around us. Phil and Kathy have been to our house, helping through some stuff. And um, so we've really benefited. That's been an awesome part of our lives. Um, I also meet every couple of weeks. I do accountability with um, a couple of other Christian business guys and uh, meet with them every couple of weeks and ask each other some really good questions to help keep us on track. And that's been really cool. The Quest Men's Group, if you are not a part of that as a man, mate, that, that is actually, if that was a business thing that we were charging retail price for, that would be so expensive because that is an epic course. That is transforming lives. Um, 
So that's really cool. And then um, yeah, from a business and professional development, I've, I um, spent at least an hour a week. Um, hate to think how much money I've spent over the years just getting getting coaching and leadership training. Yeah, it's just it's fantastic. Um, so just clarify. So I'm talking about pastoral care and shepherding in the community. So pastoral care, what I mean by that, they're quite gen- general terms. So for this talk, I'm just going to pastoral care. I'm talking about helping people through hard times. So people that are surviving. Get, just struggling to survive, getting to a place where they are managing on their own, they're succeeding. And then when it comes to shepherding, I'm talking about uh, getting from a place where they're successful into a place where they can make a significant difference in other people's lives. So, so giving, yeah. Now, um, now, with regards to shepherding, so like I mentioned before, when, you, when you're in alignment with your calling... And that's a bit of a journey to find out what your calling is, and, we, and we've got some awesome tools to help with that. When it comes to alignment with our calling, um, it's challenging. And um, yeah, so having, having team around us, having brothers um, to walk the journey with and, and keep us on track, and we're going to hit some hard times. And I want to make, as a, as a team, um, as a church, and as a, in the community, we want to be there for people who are going through those times and help them to keep on growing and overcome the obstacles and for everyone to feel supported and listened to and, and know that when, when they've got challenges, they know who their people are around them um, to help them through that. And so I guess when it comes to uh, pastoring our nation and it starts with us as a community, and when we're unhealthy, we'll be even have more capacity to help others. And so um, I'm not talking about loading up Phil and the leadership team. I'm talking about each of us stepping up into our calling and um, helping each other. Mm. So as a, as a culture, I guess, one way that we could describe it is we need to be humble enough to ask for help when we need it, hungry enough to step into our calling, and smart enough to work together to help each other. Hmm. So to, to kind of sum it up, we, we believe as a church um, that we want every person to be able to have the pastoral support, pastoral care when they need it, and to be shepherded to reach their calling. Thanks, Isaac. What I love about this phrase, go and pastor your nation, is it's just a description of, again, of the Great Commission that Jesus gave us. Um, Matthew 28, go into all the world. And next week, I'm actually going to speak an entire teaching message on this subject. God's given me some clear things to share. And as Isaac said so eloquently, it's about empowerment of the body to be the church in action. That's fantastic. So that's um, so you can expect to see things start to emerge in line with these themes. We've had some meetings this week already about pastoral care specifically, um, and, a, and sort of our response to what the Lord's prompting us into, uh, which is essential for the church. The, the the next one that the Lord said to me, which is in the report, there is uh, we must develop a prophetic culture, and. Um, Man, you could interpret that a number of different ways, so we're seeking God on this. But really what we believe he's saying is that we've got to raise up mature prophetic voices. 
It will release the Word of God into the now and into the future. And what this ultimately begins with was, is each one of us as disciples of Jesus learning to hear His voice? That's where it starts. And, and, that's, and that's something that we've done a little bit of, but we need to do more of. And I don't know what it looks like, but we're most definitely keen to help raise up the people of God to be connected with God. Uh, and the church will benefit and be blessed by that. The next one is building a culture of prayer. So, Hank, why don't you come and join me up here? God's been very firm on this lately. If you've been around for the last month, you'll see we've got different prayer initiatives happening. We've had night school, which was all about power prayer, and there's more coming. So Hink's going to share about this one. Hey, guys. Good morning, everybody. Um, yeah, I wasn't planning to make a three-point sermon this morning, unless you insist, of course. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I do want to start with, um, with a piece of the Bible, um, because I felt that God spoke to my heart of that, and it's Hebrews 10, verse 90 to 20. And it, it says, therefore, brothers and sisters, um, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way opened for us through the veil that is his body. Amen. I mean, I, I was actually reading uh, something from Andrew Murray this, this week, and um, he was writing that we as Christians tend to be happy in the holy place while we're actually called to dwell in the holiest of holy. And that really spoke to my heart, because I thought to myself that it's something that, um, you know, that's an opening that God has given you know, like we believe that, um, you know, in North End Church, that, don't, that we don't only speak to God, but God also speaks back to us. You know, like, and, and that's, a, that's a very important thing. You know, because, you know, I was just pondering over this. And I was thinking about, you know, what was the most fulfilling moments in my life as a Christian? You know, it was the time when, uh, you know, you know I'm, uh, I love to play piano. And it's, it's always an incredible thrill if you're playing there and you're seeing the spirit move, you know, like, or, you know, like really, you know, like, like really inside. I like to study the Bible, really getting inside of God's word. But if I look at, you know, what is most profoundly has changed my life as a Christian, it's always the moments that I dwelt in the holiest of holy. And I met Jesus Christ there. Um, and it, like it were never the best times of my life in a human perspective. You know, not in the way that I was so successful or I had so much money. It was usually the times when I really needed God. And I met him in those holiest of holiest places. You know, like, just to mention it very quickly a couple. You know, like, I, I remember that I was, you know, I was, and I was a student. I was so ridiculously poor. And, and that, like, was 5% circumstances and 95% and stupidity. <laughs> But, um, you know, but to meet God there, to be able to, to you know, to, as my wife will confirm, <laughs> but to be able to meet God there in that place, you know, and to see him profoundly changing the way I saw him. You know, like, I, I never forget the moment that I, that I had to, I was worship leader in Holland, I was planning and I was overcome by, by stomach pain all of a sudden and a brother prayed for me. He laid his hands upon me, and and I felt the, the, the illness just disappearing, just just away from me within a second. And you can imagine, you know, you pray God. If that happens to you, you praise God in a way you never did before. 
and uh, most profoundly, I, I, I actually do want to share, you know, like that, you know, like, you know that I have four kids, and I might have mentioned it before, but I remember, you know, the time very vividly that, you know, that my church, you know, went together with me in the holiest of holy, into that prayer, that corporate prayer, you know, and we prayed for what I didn't know at that moment would be my 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 daughter, you know, my second child, um, you know, and and it was a really a struggle, but but on a spiritual level I sensed God because He basically gave me a daughter that I didn't expect at that moment, but on a personal level. I felt that through that culture of prayer, you know, to that corporate prayer, that my, my burden wasn't just my burden, but it was a shared burden by the body of Christ. And, I, you know, you see these kind of things and you really feel, you know, you feel the necessity that we need as a corporate body to, you know, to meet Christ. And I, I just feel like we... I, we had aspire, I guess, in this church as a body, you know, to be surrendered to that culture of prayer because um, it's such a necessity to build milestones in our lives where we really meet God and where God does changes in our lives, you know, that bind us together in unity and, and make us, you know, like glue us together as a body and prepare us for the difficult times. And I, I, I just love that. I love it that we can pray and that we can kindle that culture of prayer, and that we know that God is going to speak back to us, just like how he did. And um, I, I love that. And, and, you know, like, you know, what's that answer that God gives to prayer? I, I, I studied throughout, you know, like, I, I love to study church history. And what I found is that every time there's a revival in a church, it always happens because a group of people, as a block, go into the holiest of holiest to see God. You know, the Great Awakening, you know, the, the, all the other revivals started by a culture of prayer and people going together. So, like, I, I mean, that is the, the, the thing that I personally feel heartfelt to feel, to, to, to see in, in, in North End Church. You know, that, 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 that culture of prayer. Thanks. Good, man. Very exciting. Very exciting. Very exciting. What, can you stand for a sec? Because I'm going to release something um, over you. Um, I, in preparing for last Wednesday night's prayer meeting, I was reviewing uh, one of the prophetic words over the church that's dated April 2012, well before my time. Let me read it to you and receive from God. This is a fresh word for us from that prophetic word. In Acts 13, the church at Antioch worshipped and fasted, and they fasted and prayed. God is going to teach you, North End Church, some of these principles of fasting and prayer, so there will be supernatural power added to your intercession and worship, and you're going to see a rapid growth of people who understand what it means to be a mature believer in Christ and then go out and do His job. Would you receive that today in faith? Come on. Amen. 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 You may be seated. You may be seated. Church planting is also on God's heart, and that's the next one. I sat and I was stirred to the point of weeping uh, when God revealed this to me and what's on His heart. And I, I actually can't tell you what it means at the moment. I'm still trying to process it. I'm, I'm, I would ask that you would pray for me. 
actually, as, as I seek God's heart. And what does it mean to be a church that does church planting? Pastor Nick, who many of you all know, um, he's been a mentor to me, a pastor for me for many, many years. Um, he says the church is God's plan A and there is no plan B. <laughs> the church is plan A and there's no plan B, which means you're who God is counting on. Now, I don't think for us it's going to be traditional uh, building on every corner of the street. But I, I just got to search God's heart for that. So, so um, please pray for me in this area. Richard, why don't you come and join us? Because you're going to talk about a supernatural atmosphere for healing. I always thought, I always thought before I knew more that elders are old. And um, <laughs> you do have one old elder because he's got glasses. <laughs> and he also doesn't have a device. Also doesn't... Uh, Work from a device. <laughs> so bless you people. I, I love you to bits. And um, it's, it's a real thrill to be involved in the leadership team. And thank you, Phil, for the opportunity to serve like this. Um, can I just pray? Lord, thank you that you speak to us. It's an amazing privilege that you, the creator of the universe, would bend to communicate with us. And even more incredible that you would prioritize it. Help us to hear you now and speak to us any way you like. Speak through my words. Speak in spite of my words. Speak alongside my words and speak to me as I'm speaking and speak any other way you might like. Open our ears and our hearts, Lord. We love you desperately and want to do your will above all else. Amen? Amen. Psalm 96. Sing a new song to the Lord. Sing it everywhere around the world. Sing out his praises. Bless his name. Each day, tell someone he saves. Publish his glorious acts throughout the earth. Tell everyone about the amazing things he does. For the Lord is great beyond description and greatly to be praised. Worship only him among the gods. For the gods of other nations are merely idols. But our God made the heavens. Honor and majesty surround him. Strength and beauty are his temple. Wow. I can't remember the first time that I have wanted to touch someone and see them healed. Have you ever been out in the streets and walked along and seen someone in a wheelchair or something like that and just longed to, to reach out and see them healed? You have? Great. <laughs> well, I've felt like that too. And if you feel like that, that could well be a calling on your life. So listen up, because this church is going to develop God willing, an opportunity for that to grow amongst us. And we've been given the authority and the commission to do this. We've had some great teaching on healing in recent times. We've been blessed to have a couple of young guys, um, Kathan and Jay, uh, um, share with us how they pray for people and they stumble, they learn, they pray two or three times if necessary, and it's just beautiful, and, and it's okay, it's okay to learn, and this, I dream that this become a learning environment for us to build, uh, as we build a culture of healing. Uh, we, we've also had some uh, great teaching from Josh Klinkenberg, I don't know if you remember that one, where he said, um, healing is who God is, that's part of his nature. And as we spend time with him and become more like him, it will become a part of who we are. It will become a part of our walk. Yeah? Um, actually, 
Did you know that creation is groaning to see the revealing of the sons and daughters of God? That the creation and the world, our community around us, is actually wanting and waiting to hear from us and to experience us. And what will they see? They'll see our love and they'll see our, our difference, which includes walking the talk of the supernatural. Amen, Phil, that's where we're heading. Yeah. Um, I dream of a healing culture deeply embedded in our church, um, that we're always open to merge our actions with God and we do what we can so that he does what we can't. We partner with him and, and we, we, we merge and work together. He does the rest. I dream of us supporting one another in a journey, learning to pray for healing as the first stop and not the last resort. How often do we <laughs> pray last rather than first? Yeah? And, and also for us to know and understand that people don't mind praying, uh, um, us praying for them. In fact, um, they don't mind at all. Uh, it would be very occasional where they don't, but even, even then, prayer, uh, healing happens when we pray. Uh, do you know much healing that's happened when we haven't prayed? Um, it does sometimes, but how can we in- increase the level of healing uh, amongst us and amongst the people that we love and God wants to touch? Because he wants to touch them with salvation, reconciliation, evangelism, wholeness, and new worship. And healing can be integral to that. And we know and we see in Scripture that what we see in Scripture that 90% of healing happened out there, beyond these four walls. And so, so often, God's purpose in healing is to show people that he loves them and that he's for real. So... So let's take that to our community. I hope and expect to see the fruit of patience and persistence develop in us on this journey towards healing. Because sometimes it doesn't happen straight away. Sometimes we don't understand the whole jigsaw. And, and we will grow into a deeper understanding of God uh, as we stick with it. And, um, and we'll see... And I dream we'll keep going regardless of setbacks and see a harvest from the seed that fell on good ground because we continued to sow. So, 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 invite, 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 pray, 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 and guess what might happen? Bless you guys. Every day without a miracle is a boring day, right? <laughs> Let's do this. Awesome, awesome. Amen. I just, I just wanted you guys today to have the opportunity to hear from, from, uh, from Isaac, from Hank, from Richard, so that you can connect with them, you know, and, and see that there's a, a team that are passionate for you and us as a church to step into all that God's calling us into. And that's really what today's about. It's a, I'm skimming things fast. I know some of you are wanting a lot more detail. I don't have that necessarily. I can't do it all today. But it's about drawing you into the journey. And as the journey progresses, we'll start to understand more of these things and what they look like. Um, last one on the list before I lead this to a close is God said it was really important for us to be developing ministry students. Now, that was cool. Because we're building a ministry school. So writing curriculum for, 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 for international students to study uh, and grow in what we call School of the Spirit. But then God said to me, no, actually, no, it's far greater than that, Phil. It's about gathering even students from other schools as a way to help them grow in what they've already learned 
but to put into practice. And I was like, oi, okay. Only the Lord knows what that looks like. But again, we're called to disciple and equip people for their calling. And, and I love that. We've got to walk out our faith, yeah? Yeah. Speaking of walking out our faith, Gloria, where's Gloria? I have shoe envy today. Are those your birthday shoes? Man, do they come in my size? Make sure you find Gloria later and check out her shoes because I'm, I'm want something like that. They're awesome. We've got to walk out our faith. Let me, as I close, let me, let, me, let me close this off and say this. Prayer is critical to our mission. Yeah, it underpins everything. And God has said this repeatedly lately. It's reinforced it. It's part of who we are. But please, please don't just be leaving here thinking that, okay, as long as Phil prays, we're okay. Well, yes, but it's not just about the pastor praying. And, it, and it's not just about the staff praying. It's about church family participation in prayer is critical to our mission. Does that make sense? It's about all of us committing and aligning to the technology working. With that in mind, let me, let me launch this. While I was away, God said he was calling us as a church family into a fast, a corporate fast. He gave me the dates. He gave me the details. He told me the why. And I want to launch that to you this morning and invite you to participate as part of the church family. Um, specifically, God said that this was about us um, consecrating ourselves, and that's why that passage in Exodus 19 is so pertinent for today and so important for you to, to meditate on in your own personal devotion time. So briefly, I've got the team, they're going to hand out some booklets, but the, um, the bullet points are, this is a three-day Daniel fast, which means nuts, fruit, water, veggies, and apparently no coffee. Pray for me. We're going to begin on Thursday lunchtime on the 20th of September, and we're going to break the fast at Sunday lunchtime, and I'm organizing lunch for you after church on Sunday the 23rd. We're going to break it around the family table together. I'm also encouraging you, so one booklet per family, um, please. I'm encouraging children to be included in this. Imagine the power of sitting at the table with your children, sharing a salad or a smoothie and explaining them to what it means to be consecrating yourself before God. Make it suitable for your children depending on their ages, but draw them in and invite them to participate. It's not actually a fast that is going to hurt you. The booklet that um, I'm giving, uh, the team are giving out, I'm very proud of my team. I gave them this idea on Monday, and we launched it Wednesday night at the pre-meeting. They pulled it off. I'm really, really proud of them. And the content in there is designed to help you understand what is a Daniel fast, where does it come from in the Bible, what does it mean for us practically, and what is God calling us as a church family into. So please take that away and read that. I've also planned, you'll see in the booklet, we'll be fasting Thursday, Friday, Saturday, finishing lunchtime Sunday, on those three evenings, we're going to have a special time of gathering optionally for you between seven and eight where you can come and take yourself aside for prayer. We're going to have special prayer stations. It's not a meeting. It's not a service. There's no singing. There's no preaching. It's a solemn time of prayer and consecration. And you're able to come in here between seven and eight for as long as you choose. Find yourself at any one or all of the prayer stations that we prepare for you and you can set aside yourself 
for God. And I believe it's going to be a very, very powerful time for you. Please, read Exodus 19 this afternoon. Ask God to speak to you and explain why he's inviting you in to be a part of this church family and the prayer that we're going to do. Um, there's some medical advice in there for those of you that have got special uh, conditions. There is um, some boundaries around um, what we're inviting you into. It's a Daniel fast. And you know, for some of us, that means giving up certain things that we may be partial to or addicted to. But God's calling us into this for a purpose. And I love the phrase on the front of the booklet. What, everyone look at the front of the booklet. What does it say? Under prayer and fasting? Physical obedience brings spiritual release. So we do the physical obedience part, and God does the spiritual release part. As I close, prayer is critical to our mission. Please join us. Why don't you stand? I'm going to close with a prayer of blessing. And then we'll close the meeting. Father in heaven, I release a blessing over these people who are your people. I release the joy of the Lord that comes with no sorrow. I release the fellowship of God by his Holy Spirit that comes as God with us. I speak blessing into each home. I speak safety in connection with church family. I release them into your care, God, as they do this week with you. May we be bound together as family by the blood of Jesus Christ, unified before you as righteous sons and daughters of God. Father, we choose to receive this morning the spirit of adoption which brings us before you acceptable, received as sons and daughters, royal priests in your kingdom. May the spirit of adoption drive out any fear of isolation, any insecurity, or any doubt about our salvation. We anchor ourselves in what you have done through Jesus Christ. We choose to receive these blessings from our Father in heaven, because he loves us, because he is good all the time, because his mercies are ours to receive. Amen. Amen.